future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at UBNRadio.com. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hello. Welcome to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour, brought to you by 360karma.com. Happy to have you with us today. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube or download us on your iPod, uh, you know, iTunes, iHeart, or one of your popular podcast uh, apps, so you won't want to miss it. And today, uh, we have incredible people on the show. We have Dr. Sherry Ross. She's written a book called Sheology. We're going to talk about that. And then later in the show, uh, we are going to have Robina Benson. She owns a company called Niche Beverly, and we'll be talking about that. Both have very interesting journeys of uh, how they got to where they're at. They, all, they both work with celebrities, and we're glad to have them both on the show today. Uh, right now, please give a warm welcome to Dr. Sherry Ross. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. Oh, you bet. You bet. How are you? I'm, I'm a little cold, but I, I'm more, more than happy to be here today. Oh, I'm glad that you could fight through that and, yeah. and make it here. And... Uh, you know, I just finished your book, Sheology, which is uh, beautiful. I don't think there's anything else out there like it. Uh, yeah. it, it talks about women's vajayjays. It does. And, uh, you know, all the questions you could possibly want to know about that part of your body. So yes. Uh, yes. it's good for uh, women and the men that love them and the women that love them. Exactly. And, th yeah. and that was honestly the point of the book. Yeah start the conversation, change the narrative a little bit about talking about our bodies. Right. And I like to think of it as, as the 21st century version of our bodies ourselves. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we needed yeah. it. We needed an update. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but before we talk too much about your book, I first want to talk about your journey to how you got to where you are being one of the most acclaimed gynecologists in Los Angeles. And uh, I know you've won awards and we're going to talk about that. But first, um, what was the journey to getting here? I know you were born here in uh, the California. I am, I am truly Californian through and through. Yeah. Um, you know, my dad was a urologist. I used to round with him in the mornings. I would hang out with the nurses mm -hmm. in the doctors and nursing lounges and eat donuts. And I would <laughs> see him uh, interact with patients. And I thought... That's really why you became a doctor, right? The donuts part, right? Yeah, well... <laughs> yeah. Not the most healthy. But anyway... I knew I should have been a doctor. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it was a really uh, inspiring to see my dad interact yeah. with his patients. And the sort of magic he had, and I thought, I want that magic with wow. my patients. And that's so cool because you, you did that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've heard that from your your clients that I know, your patients. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. They have, have said that, and it's very apparent in your book what they write. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when I say what they write, uh, you have various celebrity clients that you feature in the book, and it's interesting to hear their perspectives. and. You know, sheology was... was truly uh, inspired by my patients and I kept hearing the same questions comments yeah. and and those delicate um, conversations yeah and I thought to myself this has to be uh, for the viewers this has to be put out there so women mm -hmm. could see it could learn from it could could really change how they look at their bodies and yeah. especially their vaginas I mean the vagina is a metaphor really yeah um, so my celebrity patients I, I thought it'd be also interesting to put them into key chapters 
where they would be very relatable, just just like you and I. Right. You know, so Brooke Shield is introducing the Mama Veen talks about her experience with postpartum depression. Right. You could understand that. Now, uh, it was, uh, you said it was um, Brooke Shields, right? And yes. wasn't that like, wasn't that that real controversial thing with Tom Cruise and the Scientology and him having this meltdown about she shouldn't have postpartum depression and yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you got you got to weigh in on that, Sherry. Well, you know, <laughs> I, Dr. Cruz, I'd like to see his credentials. Um, you know, it's such a personal issue, it and is, for yeah. anyone uh, to comment on it, I just find it just unnecessary. And and it's postpartum depression is such a personal you know, grind and tragedy and pain. So for all women who've gone through it, I think what Brooke did, she, she just normalized it. And now we talk more and more women are talking about it, which is really the hope of the book in general. Yes. Isn't Um, that interesting when something like blows up like that and it's such a catastrophe and you think poor Brooke and everything that actually something good came out of it. You're so right. It did normalize the conversation. I think it made people feel like, oh my gosh, you know, and this is the celebrity factor, is like, oh my gosh, if Brooke Shields could have postpartum depression, then I shouldn't feel so bad that I do. And, That's exactly you know, and I exactly. love how she wrote beautifully about it in the book and how, yeah. you know, yeah. she celebrated working with you and how you made it so much better and yeah. uh, for her to, you know, deal with it. And and yeah. and, and, and actually how to uh, not have it in the, the second pregnancy. It was an interesting story. So yeah. everybody should. And, and that was the messaging that, that is, is sort of the thread throughout Sheology was that, you know, celebrities bring the eyes to the book, but but in truth, they're just like you and I. Absolutely, and it, it and is so a, are their vaginas. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it, you would know. <laughs> Interestingly, though, uh, it, it is that celebrity factor that helps bring attention to things. So, exactly. in in that way, I think it's very smart that you are able to utilize your celebrity clients in your book and tell some of their stories, and that exactly. they that they uh, loved you and, and trusted you enough that they uh, shared their stories in your book. I think that yeah. says a lot for you. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm so fortunate and yeah. grateful, and uh, they trusted me. and And I think it's the messaging of women's health care is so important, especially now. And, especially and, right? now, and yeah. so if Shiology can help with this sort of vagina revolution, as I like to call it, mm-hmm. and change the status quo because it's it's broken. The system's broken. It is, and how women are treated or are not treated, or mm-hmm. how their concerns are not addressed in Mm -hmm. a compassionate way just needs to change. Absolutely. I want to talk about your path to getting to be this famous doctor because (laughs) uh, it was an interesting journey. Um, You weren't able to get into the med school here in the U.S. and you ended up and you said this was one of your biggest pivotal moments that in your life was that you knew you were determined to be a doctor. You knew that's what you wanted in every fiber. Yeah, you don't take no. I don't take no. Yeah, Yeah. me me neither. Yeah, no way, no way, sister. (laughs) So uh, you end up going to uh, medical school in Israel. I did, but it ended up being a blessing in disguise because you said you got a better education there than you perhaps could have gotten here. I did. You know, I was, uh, I went to UC Santa Barbara. I had a great time. I was a B student, which I thought was pretty good. I was in my sorority, a DG. Mm -hmm. I was a president. I I, I felt like I got a really great, well-rounded college experience. Mm -hmm. But when I applied to medical school, it just, uh, I couldn't get into the United States. So New York 
uh, NYU had a program called Sackler School of Medicine. Yeah. My brother was there at the time. And I went for it. I just, I knew it was a journey. Mm -hmm. um, and I was taught by the heads of, the, of each department, whether it was cardiology or OBGYN. And, and then I transferred after two years because mm -hmm. I wanted to be closer to my parents and mm -hmm. get closer to California. Mm -hmm. um, but I had a fantastic education. And those of us that trained at Sackler are, found medical school and, and residency very easy here in the United States. So when you came back, you realized you were kind of three steps ahead of people who had actually studied here in the U.S. So it, it, was it was working. It yeah. worked very well. Yeah. Very well prepared. It's funny. The universe often knows better than we do, huh? So uh, a huge believer in fate. Yeah. All the way. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Me too. I do think we create our fate because, for instance, uh, you had that opportunity to go to Israel, and this is where we create it, and you took it. Right. Where someone might have said, nope, I, I didn't get in the U.S., yeah. I'm, not, I'm just yeah. going to do something else instead of doing what your heart's desire was. And, and in that way, I think we do create our fate. I agree. I think we have to yeah. put ourselves out there and mm -hmm. take chances. Absolutely. And, Walk uh, through our fears. And I'm a big believer in that. And, and I think once I was trained at SC and I, I entered a practice in OBGYN, the rest just fell into place. Right. Now, the other obstacle that you said that it was big in your life, and, uh, and I, I always say we all, we all have them. It's like pick one. You know, right. We all have challenges. Uh, was that after you went to Israel and ended up coming back here, getting married and, and having kids and everything, you came to the realization that you know, Miss Perfect, according to your parents, right, in their eyes, right. as, or, uh, as you felt, uh, <laughs> was gay. And, and, and the interesting thing is, obviously, nothing wrong with being gay, but uh, at that time you felt like they weren't going to think that you were the perfect child That's once right. you, yeah. you came out to them. Yeah. But uh, obviously they're very supportive and you've come to find out they've embraced that, right? Right, right. And but uh, initially, how was their response? Well, it's true. I uh, First of all, my brother's gay. He was, mm -hmm. you know, wearing the tutu at age three, so he was clearly gay. You know, I grew up in Palos Verdes. I did. You never wore a tutu, did you? I never did. <laughs> I was the tomboy. <laughs> That's what I thought. Right. Um, so, I was that child that sort of did it all right, and yeah. and I, you know, the truth of it was my sexuality was very fluid, mm -hmm. and it wasn't so clear to me. Mm -hmm. um, I did get married to a man, and when I was in medical school, I met the father of my sons, and I'm grateful mm -hmm. for him for that reason. Mm -hmm. You have three um, beautiful sons. I do, yeah. young men, very blessed. And, you know, it, it wasn't the perfect marriage at all. I, I started to really think about my, myself and my past and what I wanted, and mm -hmm. I had not found my soulmate. And with time, I mean, I've truly found her now, and uh, and I'm living a, a gay life and I'm embracing it and 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 she's amazing too Peggy Peggy is amazing yeah, I and, know she's uh, uh, very instrumental in helping kids uh, in uh, she's a inner city yes. school yes, uh, yes. become I, I, I've heard amazing things about her track record of taking those kids that majority weren't graduating and now the majority are so she just sounds yes. like an amazing partner she is she's principal of the year at Green Dot and you know she took a three percent graduation rate to 97%. So, wow, that is yeah, amazing. Truly, truly. Yeah, you two are incredible uh, together. Thank you. It, it's yeah. it's really living your truth, living yes. an authentic life, yes. and um, being a role model, not just to my children, but to our community. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's really important.
it is important. Uh, so th those are your two biggest obstacles, I take it. And then um, in your book, I noticed that uh, you had mentioned a loss of a family member, of a sister. Yeah, my sister. And yeah. I can imagine that would be one of your other pivotal Yes, challenges. yes. Yeah. Uh, my sister, Dina, who's also a doctor, oh my struggled with mental illness. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think, as we know, it's it's painful to have a family member with a disease of the mind. Yeah, and I'm uh, sure many of our listeners here relate to that. Yeah, definitely. Right. So it's been hard. Um, I think it's been, um, in a lot of ways, uh, calming for my parents because it's a struggle. Mm -hmm. You know, definitely a struggle. Yes. But... Um, I, I'm very sensitive to the journey of, of mental illness, mm -hmm. and I think the community, our community, has to be um, more sensitive to it. Talk more yes. about it. Right, right. That's a good message. Um, what has come out of these obstacles in your life, uh, you know, being gay or having a sister with the, the situation of mental illness? What what have you taken from those that you implement into your life that make you a better person? Yeah. You know, I live every day to the fullest. I, I have no regrets. Mm -hmm. um, I live for now. Mm -hmm. I, I never say no. Mm -hmm. And I have no regrets. You never say no. What does that mean? Well, I, I, like, I like people never to say no to me. Yeah. Um, I try to be helpful for those around mm -hmm. me. Um, I try to be honest, mm -hmm. and I just um, every day is a blessing. Yeah, and I'm so grateful for everything. And yeah. I couldn't be here without my parents. So I, I value our time together. Mm -hmm. um, my children. I'm just proud of who they are, mm -hmm. and just never say no to yourselves, to your goals, and to love. And and mm -hmm. I every day is a blessing, and I live in in heaven with Peggy. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really true that a lot of people say, oh, I don't have love in my life, not realizing they're actually saying no to it. Yeah. 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 They put up those walls. And yeah. yeah. So it's good that you uh, let all that into your life. You're, you're letting all that good in. Yeah. I think it's important. And yeah. you have to be the recipient of it. Yeah. yeah. So, so what made you decide to write this book? I know writing a book is like a huge undertaking. Yeah. yeah. I, I know I, you've done it too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, sort of spoke to me. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't really um, my calling. Um, I love to write. I'm a women's health educator. Mm -hmm. um, and I love storytelling. And I kept hearing these great stories from my patients. And I thought, this is this has to be written down. Right. Um, you know, it's just the conversations are so old-fashioned in what we read, our bodies, ourselves. Right. I mean, these these conversations I share in geology, this is what's happening. Yeah. You know, we're talking about the more sensitive and delicate um, issues that I think yeah. are more interesting in what women want to talk about and what they want yeah. to hear the answers to. Yeah. So it's, it's, the first chapter I wrote was The Perfect V, uh -huh. and Ashley Benson, who th thinks she has one, um, <laughs> introduces it. But it, you know, what came to mind was women were comparing their labia, their vaginas, the influence of porn and, you know, thinking that 50% of women don't even like their vagina. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought this is not what women are reading about. And I want to change the dialogue. I want to be right. part of this conversation. Update and it's bold. Women. You're like no holds bar yeah. in this book. I yeah. mean, if anybody wants everything you wanted to know about your vajayjay, it's in this book. Exactly. Right. I mean, exactly. from having sex in the ocean to, 
freezing your eggs to yeah. anything you can think of. Uh, really, I'm glad you say that. So yeah. it's true. And um, I've, I've gotten the most interesting comments from readers. And I love Dana Goldberg's uh, oh, input. I had her on the show a couple I saw months that, ago. I saw that. Uh, comedian Dana Goldberg, if people yeah. don't know, and it's hilarious. Yeah. So Dana introduces <laughs> the Tasty V because women want to know what they taste like. It's, yeah. you know, gay, straight, whatever. We all have this uh, phobia. So Dana does a fantastic job. Yeah. 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 And, you know, um, I think so many women are afraid to ask questions. And what you made clear in this book, and I think everybody has experienced this, they go to some doctor, usually a male, Yes, and yes. Um, they don't feel comfortable talking about it. Right. They feel rushed. Exactly. So they exactly. don't even have time to ask the questions that they're uncomfortable to ask. Right. Um, so you have created this whole other environment, which is why you've won these awards for being like doctor of the year. And, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, it's because <laughs> your clients, I get this from the book, they feel like you are their friend, their confidant, like a family member. Yeah. And that's a really special thing. Yeah, I mean, that's you. how you've grown this practice over 25 years and have <laughs> such a great thank reputation. You, you. I mean, women are looking for an OBGYN that they can feel cares about them, that they trust, right. uh, they can ask anything to, and spends time with them. What, exactly. what more could you ask for yeah. than those things? Yeah. yeah, and I think it's so true to your point, and thank you for saying that. Um, you know, when your legs go up in stirrups, the conversation really begins if the doctor is allowing it. And, mm -hmm. and I think to your point, it's, you know, healthcare has changed. I mean, you don't have time to have a real conversation mm -hmm. with your doctor. And that's the shameful part of it. Mm -hmm. And so this book allows sort of readers to see what goes on in my examining room right. with, with, with my patients. And, right. And that's why I would love it to be doctor-led, that the dialogue changes, but it just, mm -hmm. there's no time. You yeah. know, healthcare and what's happening with insurance, it's just, doctors are rushed. I've always felt like, uh, also, for uh, personally, this is just my opinion, that uh, a female OBGYN is certainly going to understand uh, what you're going through uh, better than a man because he doesn't have one. So, I mean, this is just me talking out loud. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's so, it, honestly, it, it's so dependent on the doctor. Yes. Because they're very sensitive men, too, and yeah. very unsensitive women. So, yeah. I think you have to find that doctor that right. you relate to. It's right. not just meeting the one that's on your, you know, your provider list. Right. You have choices. There's always an 80 20 rule, I find, in what Every profession. I don't care if it's your doctor, your lawyer, your uh -huh. uh, real, est real estate person. Uh, there's an 80-20 rule that I find. 20% of the people really care about what they do. They're really good at what they do. The other 80%, they don't care. Yeah. Or they're not great at it. I think that's a good, I'm going to remember I, that. It's yeah. really true. Yeah. It's sad, but it's yeah. true. Um, I certainly have had these doctor situations where people are like, I'm sorry, the insurance company doesn't pay me enough to care about your what's going on here. Yeah. And I, I remember thinking, did he just say that? <laughs> really? <laughs> so true. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Yeah. The, the, and it's it true. used to be that uh, doctors, um, you had this idea that doctors did care about their patients and spent time with them. And But like you said, the yeah. world has changed so much in the healthcare industry with so many people, so less doctors, right. the less pay, the whole insurance debacle. You know, I mean, yes. it's it's a, it's a broken not, system. Yeah, it's a broken system. Yeah. yeah. Now, how in this broken system do you wade through that to give the quality of care that you do? 
you know, for me, it's um, a choice, right? It's, it's it's a choice, but I know that I need to have a conversation, and doctor and doctors have to lead it. You know, we can't just be very pointed at how's your period, any problems. Okay, good. No, scooch down. It's it's a lot more. You know what's happening in your love life? What's happening mm -hmm. at home? How are your kids? Mm -hmm. you know, I would think this would make it much more fun for you too. Uh, listen, <laughs> I love what I do. Yeah. I love what I do, and the book is really a vehicle to change the narrative mm -hmm. on how we talk about our health, our bodies, our vaginas, mm -hmm. and create a revolution. And that's mm -hmm. why the vagina revolution is is something I really want to lead. Now, Sheology, your book, can be found online at Amazon. It's on Amazon, But it's yes. also in bookstores. I noticed it was yes. at Barnes & Noble. Yes, yes. I'm impressed. Yeah, I, listen, yeah. this book is going to help. It, it's a roadmap for women yeah. and men, honestly, and it's yeah. for any age group. And I think it's fun, informative, yeah. and it's challenging. It, it yeah. makes you think about yourself. And if 50% of women never talk about their vagina to anyone, not even their doctor, this book will, will give you some, some good tools that will yeah. make you want to start talking about it. Yeah, comfort zone. Definitely. Yeah, no, honestly, we bought several. We gave them to several friends. Thank you. And Thank I you. think it's something that you can get and give to your mother, your daughter, Definitely. your aunt. Yeah your cousin, your friends. Uh, yes. Truly, we should all be buying geology and passing that. it around, yeah, not just so. to promote your book, but just because I think, you know, you're onto something here and it's a, a, a movement. Uh, I know you mentioned, you know, a couple weeks ago, Eve Ensler spoke at the uh, Evening with Women. She, of course, was the creator of the Vagina, yes. vagina Monologues. And uh, I don't think anything's been out there since then that, right. you know, has, has the conversation going. And in this moment of women's empowerment, let's face it, we have a revolution going on. Uh, this is the perfect time to have this dialogue. I can yeah. totally agree. And yeah. Eve has is, is, is been an inspiration to me. And she really, she started it. Yeah. And I, I want to not only start it, I want to finish it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Love it. Or keep it growing. Keep it going. Yeah. Keep it going, definitely. So people can find you at uh, drsherry.com. Yes, right? drsherry.com. Um, I'm on Facebook at Dr. Sherry and on Instagram. So I'm, I'm happy to answer questions. People ask me questions all the time on my website. I love that. So. How do you have the time? You actually speak to your patients and you answer right. your social media. I, I try. Is, is there I four try. of you? Or? I try. I work late when I get a cold. No, I, I love it. I, I think it's, yeah. I feel like I'm doing something important. Yeah, you are. You for are. Women. Yeah. Yeah. And I know one of the things that you love about what you do is uh, bringing life into the world. So you help the a gift. Yeah. women have yeah. their children, you deliver the children. That, that's got to be one of the best feelings in the world. And you've described that in the book that it is. It is. It, yeah. it is. And I, I still say it still brings a tear to my eye when I see, you know, two people that love each other and there's a sort of a, a new a baby in their world. It's, it's beautiful. There's nothing like it. It's magical. Yeah. 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 I won't even ask if you see two people that don't love each other having them. That's a whole nother Oprah. It happens. <laughs> Trust me, it happens, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 But also but, there's new families now. Yeah. Single women having babies on their own. Yeah. You know, new, just new creations of family. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're doing such wonderful work, and I know you'll continue to do that. And Thank you. Whoever has you as their doctor is really fortunate and lucky. I have room. Yeah. <laughs> That's Thank good you. to know. Yeah. That's right. For I have our listeners. That's right. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, you're in Santa Monica. I am. I'm yeah. in Santa Monica. I've been there for 25 years. 25 years. So you've been there since you were five. Thank you. <laughs> Pretty much. Appreciate that. <laughs> but
But it, sound, it does sound like you were born to do this. Thank and, you. Thank um, you. I just love that you love what you're doing. I always love meeting people who just love what they do. It's such a, a, a breath of fresh air, and it's great energy to be around. And nice, um, nice. so happy to have met you and your wife. And Thank you. Uh, Thank you. You as well. Yeah, yeah. Just keep doing this great I, work. I will. Thank you yeah. so much for having me. It's been fun. Thank you. So you can find out from Dr. Sherry at drsherry.com, and please pick up her book, Sheology. We will be right back with Robina Benson. The Live, Love, Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com. Are you a 360 Karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360 Karma Women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman, and we are stronger together. The Live, Love, Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. are back. We're back with Robina Benson. Hi, Robina. How are you? Hello. I'm very happy to be here. Oh, I'm happy to have you here. Thank you. Uh, wow. What an interesting uh, life journey you've had to where you are. Um, you, of course, have this amazing store in Beverly Hills called Niche Beverly. And we're going to talk about, uh, you know, what was your path to how you got to the U.S. and started this amazing business with your celebrity clientele and, and just the wonderful... Uh, you know, uh, in creative uh, business that you're in. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's been quite a ride, I must say. It has been a very exhilarating, fun, just, uh, it's been a ride. <laughs> yeah, any of us that's an entrepreneur, we know it's always uh, a lot of challenges to mm -hmm. getting to that success. Absolutely. Um, and interestingly, uh, you had told me, you shared with me that you were born in Iran. Yes, I was. And then at 11, was it 11? 13. 13, moved to um, Canada. Canada. Yeah. And we had a little discussion about what an incredible change of cultures mm -hmm. you experienced. I mean, wow. Yes. I mean, to be born into the Iranian culture mm -hmm. and then uproot it over. And, now, you did travel a lot. A lot. So, to uh, Dubai and China Singapore and, Singapore and, and India. So, yeah. yes, my whole uh, childhood, I mean, I spent traveling. But uh, I was born, my mom is uh, Iranian mm -hmm. and my father is from India. Yeah. So that was a fantastic combination and quite unusual I mean, that in is Iran unusual. as well. Yeah. But it did give me the opportunity to be able to uh, be able to be exposed to this variety of culture and you know I did spend my childhood obviously traveling too but yes it was a bit of a culture shock yeah leaving Iran and also the you know just you know kind of growing up in that environment and going to Canada which of course is a multicultural country yeah and uh, you know and then seeing the freedom 
seeing the independence and also, I would say independence, the uh, the the luxury that women had, you yeah. know, with just being their own. Well, you know, Warren Buffett says being born in the U.S. is like winning the lottery. Yeah. And many people that were born here, I don't think they realize, like, what it's like to be born into another culture like uh, Iran. Mm -hmm. And so tell us what was, you know, up until 13, what was that like living yeah. there? I mean, you know what? I completely agree with you. Mm -hmm. I think that it's a privilege, mm -hmm. honestly, when you are born in a country like Canada or America. Mm -hmm. Definitely it's a privilege because, mm -hmm. and most people don't realize it because you don't get to experience that outside exactly. of your own comfort zone. Right. But, you know, again, like. And as, they're afraid of what they don't know. Of course. There's always They that look fear. at other cultures and they go, I don't get it. I don't understand yeah. it because they never lived in it. So I yeah. think the beauty for you is that you've lived in both. I did. Yeah. I did. And, you know, just coming from an Indian father and there was like this strict, you know, just there was like a certain amount of strictness that mm -hmm. went with, you know, our upbringing. Right. When education and just the, you know, and in our culture. And, uh, but I was raised in Iran. And mm -hmm. with that, you know, you always, you never, I mean, personally speaking, I have a very strong, obviously, strong female uh, leaders in my family. Like mm -hmm. my mother is one and then my grandmother who just passed away. Yeah. But. Your grandmother sounded extraordinary. She was extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, this woman was married at the age of 13, but by the age of 18, oh, she was running a, uh, she started to, uh, she started a sewing class. Yeah. So she was teaching other women how to sew. But that so was So she how, was an entrepreneur. She was an entrepreneur, but yeah. that's how she was able to raise six children on her own. Wow. wow. Because my grandfather was absent. So, oh you gosh. know, so that really, those kind of stories was like really honestly was I think helped also me and my sisters to really have a good role model to grow mm -hmm. up with mm -hmm. but yeah so yeah so you that, had a lot of women with exactly, a lot of but then you it's a male-dominated country yes and then obviously you see that and then uh, and then for females like there wasn't a lot of role models of, aside from like you know and when you're a child you don't see your mom and your grandmother as role models then yeah, yes I do now yes in but, hindsight yeah but then being in Canada and just seeing like women you have women astronauts and doctors and yeah. scientists and all this and then you say to yourself wow this is fantastic I can be whatever I choose to be right which is why it's so important on a global level that mm -hmm. we here help women all around the world absolutely be able to be and do what it is they dream of otherwise there are many women around the globe that have all of these gifts they could be bringing to the table. Always. It could be the cure for cancer or how to help the environment. Always. Who knows what they possess. Yeah. But if we don't bring it out in them, then it, we're leaving it on the table. And so we women that have the freedoms do need to reach out to our sisters mm -hmm. around the world, Always, which yeah. I believe is what's going on now. We're trying to see how do we make this revolution right. where we help our sisters around the world. Mm -hmm. Well, I yeah. think that that starts with you and I. Yes. It starts with just knowing that that's a responsibility mm -hmm. that we that we have and that we belong to a sisterhood. It's mm -hmm. important to to really own that and practice it. Right. For example, like, you know, I believe like sometimes I say this, I believe I'm obsessed with empowering um uh, being able to empower and being able to nurture or be able to encourage, uh, you know, women, strong women who have dreams that mm -hmm. I come into contact with, whether yes. they're my employees, my friends, sister, uh, because I believe that, you know, that was happened for me and yes. it allowed me to come to a path that I feel fulfilled now. Right. But, you know, you do need mentors. You do. And you know what? In any way, form or shape, yeah. it just sometimes takes one encouraging word or just right. to share your story. Because not like, everybody what is what you're doing right now. Thank you know? 
Thank you. Thank you. And not everybody has a mother that's a role model or a grandmother. Exactly. Yeah. Um, But uh, so you must have, your mother must have been a very strong woman to decide that you all were moving from Iran Mm -hmm. to Canada. Yes. Because she kind of led that, right? She did. She led that decision. I mean, originally we were supposed to go to London and study. I mean, just, you know, and my, but my, my mom, she is the matriarch and she's a very strong woman. And she said, no, you know what? I want the family to be together. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is the best move for the family. And, you know, she was quite convincing. Even though my father was, again, as I said, he was the head of the house. My mother really was the heart of the house. Right, right. <laughs> and also, that's, that's yeah. usually the way it is with the mothers. Yes, yes, of yeah. course. But at the same time, too, she was able to foresee, you know, what was best for, you know, her own daughters. And right. I think that that was the most, that was a great decision. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't be where you are today if it exactly. wasn't for her, right? Exactly. In that yes. decision. And yes. your parents, did they stay together? Or? Uh, actually, unfortunately, my parents, they, they separated. Okay. Uh, but you know, I think that's just, that's what happens but like then in life. You yeah. told me your mom became a successful person in real estate. Yes, yes, yeah. she did. So this is the beauty of the whole thing. Like looking back at it now, I see that, you know, you go from my mom, basically after she had me, yes. she stopped working. Yes. So for what, 34 years, you yes. know, she was out of the workforce in Iran and moving to Canada. That's again, a culture shock, mm-hmm. you know, for them and trying yes. to have to start all over again. Sure. But uh, when unfortunately things didn't work out with my father, you know, she decided, you know what, she had a choice. She could either sit here and just, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of maybe, you know, just kind of, you know, go through the, all the feelings that comes with, you know, like all the sadness, depression, or, you mm-hmm. know, loss, or sometimes, uh, you know, you're unclear what your, your next step should be. Right. But she decided, you know, what, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to battle this with action. So she Good. ended up re- studying real estate. And now she's a very successful real estate agent in Toronto. That's very cool. Yeah. And you had shared with me and many women shared this uh, story is that you saw her, um, you know, kind of give up her hopes and dreams for like 30 years or whatever, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and you, and I think a lot of times it impacts people to say, that's not going to be me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny because I, again, I think with age and experience, you also become obviously a lot more wiser. Mm-hmm. I would say that maybe at the time I saw wanting to be, you know, not oh, saying, oh, I don't want to be like, you know, a mother and have children, I want to have a career. But now that I'm a mother, I look back and I said, no, those were all strengths. That's what created us and what created this future or what I have right now. And you, but you're yeah. doing both. Yeah, I'm doing both. And that's both. the beauty. You and can that's, do both. Yeah. And you know, funny thing is like, she's the one who encourages me all the time that you know what, you can do both and you just have to be realistic about it. Right. Very realistic. Well, I think it's really interesting how you got into this business. You uh, have an outdoor furniture company mm-hmm. in yeah. Beverly Hills. Yes, called I do. Niche Beverly. Yes, yes. Awesome yes. furniture that's uh, from actually a, a woman designer in Italy who's very famous, right? Yes. And we're going to talk about how you ended up being the exclusive rep here in LA yes, for that yes. it took a lot of uh, persistence and chutzpah a and vision <laughs> a lot. Uh, because originally you yeah. came to Los Angeles wanting to be an actress well yes yeah, yeah. so, so I've always been the patron of arts mm-hmm. I would say like fashion art film so any form of art was just something that I was passionate towards mm-hmm. and my uncle who has been a great role model as well for me too a long time ago told me you know what whatever you do in life make sure you're passionate about it right and make sure you really love it because mm-hmm. that's because success doesn't come with just how much money you make success right. comes with like really real fulfillment at the end of the day. And what's better 
than making money at what you really Obviously. love. Yes. I mean, what gets of better course. than that? Of and, course. And helping people in some capacity. Yeah. I mean, for you, it was that uh, you had shared with me, you know, people, uh, you know, had these beautiful homes here in Beverly mm -hmm. Hills, Bel Air, yeah. whatever. And then they would put like nondescript furniture, furniture out on their on the pool outside. and patio. And you saw that need for something more elegant. I did. Well, and also, then, yeah, well, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So it's just like coming down here, first of all, just like just just loving Los Angeles and loving the arts and just loving, you know, all the, just, as I said, you know, when you love beautiful things, yeah. you say, OK, you know what? This is great, and um, I was invited by a friend of mine to a show in Milan. It's a mm -hmm. design show, and that's where I met uh, this amazing designer. Yeah, and I she love had the this, story. You're, yeah, you're kind this, of floating here I'm, in Los yeah, Angeles thinking, what next? Well, you know, the funny thing is, as and I then, said, like, yeah, just trying to figure out myself. I was very... Yeah. I was keen on just making sure what is it that I want to do. And what I think is interesting about this story, like we talked about with Dr. Sherry, mm -hmm. is that the universe uh, knocks on your door and you answer or you don't. And this person said, hey, come with me to Milan to yeah. this show. You had no no yeah. intention of what would happen there or not anything. Not at all. Really and, you, and you said yes. yes. You, you go to the show. Mm -hmm. and, and let's tell everybody what so happened. So I, I go to the show and then I meet this fabulous designer. Her name is Paola Lenti. And then she's uh, she had this gorgeous collection of furniture that was all handmade, colorful, vibrant, just like, you know, you looked at it and you would just dream of like vacationing Capri. Right. And I looked at it and I think that's where it's very important. I'm sure that you hear this all the time. Trusting your intuition is yes. key. Yes. I looked at this brand and I said, you know what? This juices me. I want to take this to Los Angeles and I want to be able to nurture it and be able to expose it to my market. And it was risky, to be honest with you, because Paolenti is huge today. Mm -hmm. But at the time, too, just, you know, trying to, I opened my showroom in 2009. That was the, like, right in recession. Mm -hmm. So try to take that kind and of people risk. people told you not to do not it. Not to do Timing it. Everybody was, was like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. But then to open up a showroom in 2009, but to be able to take a brand like hers, but because it was handmade and so beautifully done but it was of, of high quality the price point was a lot for outdoor furniture right you know you're looking at you know like the same amount you'd spend on a very high-end sofa for your interior but here you were in uh Beverly Hills and, and Bel Air, this upscale I was, market. But it was in a recession yes. and you know I mean but I thought but also uh, the whole idea of outdoor luxury yes like luxury uh, luxury furniture was really it was not something that was accepted and yet don't you think that high-end areas like Beverly Hills are less hurt by the recession that's exactly I mean, what was my thought and I said to yeah. them you know what my client is different so I'm going to focus on my client mm -hmm. and uh, what I wanted to do I just be I was able to bring of course this brand here this this artist here and you know just show it in a very avant-garde way with through like different events and I just invited collectors and architects designers clients and to be honest with you it was just fabulous to see the kind of response and today you know I have a 6,000 square foot showroom with the number one outdoor furniture collection right now. And in my market in the United States, I would say I'm probably one of the top three showrooms because wow. of, yeah, because you know what? And all of it happened, honestly, was just out of passion, resilience, yeah. and just focus. And your instinct. Instinct. It's instinct very important. Us women mm -hmm. have fantastic intuition and yeah. just trusting it will lead us to like 
successful path, I would well, say. Well, they say uh, more women-owned businesses are more successful than mm -hmm. uh, than male businesses. Yeah. Just uh, maybe because of that, maybe because of I the instinct so. and it's the instinct yeah, it's and the a, drive. It's the drive, and yeah. you know, again, I was just and I and I didn't feel like work. I, I loved what I was doing, and against all odds, I just pushed. And you know, I mean, obviously, you have your ups and downs, but you know, just being focused and just having mm -hmm. the bigger picture in mind is like key. In between uh, wanting to do acting and starting your business, you also did some sales, right? Uh, yes, I did. And you know what, though? Everything we do in our life is uh, a piece you. of the puzzle mm -hmm. to the big picture, don't yeah. you think? So you probably yeah. picked up those skills. I and did. I did. And brought you know everything what? to the table. Yeah. And even acting. I mean, you know, being able to um, have a conversation with other actors and, and celebrities uh, in the community. It takes just confidence, because, yeah. you know, and to be able to be in that position. And to be honest with you, I came out, I said, okay, acting, because I love the film industry. But, you know, then I started interning for a... Uh, a talent manager mm -hmm. but I'd say now that I look back at it, it's also interesting because when I interned for the talent manager I picked up also skills to be able to look at you know furniture product yes and artist and use the same intuition kind of become like now I'm the agent or I'm the manager mm -hmm. and they're the they're the stars and yeah. I want to basically you know, like basically uh, mold and be able to nurture their careers. So it was almost in a way, but I was using yeah. it in interior design, which yeah. worked out fantastically because when I saw the, the 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 artists that I'm working with now, when I see their lines and their collections yeah. in Milan every year, you know, that you have to have that, like you have to look at different angles and say, okay, how am I going to be able to, you know, again, bring this to my market mm -hmm. and be able to interpret it to the American, mm -hmm. you know, clientele. So. Now, do you specifically uh, have her designs in your store? Uh, no, I now, now at this point I have expanded. Okay. I have some uh, fantastic designers, international um, award-winning designers that I represent in my showroom now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, and we work in fantastic projects like yeah. hotels and mansions. Again, oh, at the, wow. Oh, yes. We have great clients. And, but again, these are all like connoisseurs. They have mm -hmm. discerning taste and, mm -hmm. you know, they're collectors. What too. kind of hotels have you? Well, uh, for example, we are in, uh, soon enough, in West Hollywood, there's going to be a hotel opening up called the Lapeer Hotel. It's mm -hmm. by the King Oh, I've heard Group. about that. Yes, yeah. yes. And Gula Yonstodir is the architect, another very strong female architect. And uh, actually, uh, all our furniture is going to be in their whole by their whole poolside area which is going to be like the showcase of the hotel so, so we're very you, excited you just continue to keep growing yes yeah. yes we are definitely definitely growing yes the sky's the limit so <laughs> if people wanted to visit at your showroom it's um near robertson and yes beverly it's on boulevard. beverly boulevard and robertson yes mm -hmm. yes yes beautiful yes. And uh, and you have a little girl now. I do. And she's how old? She's now three. She oh just turned gosh. three two weeks ago. She's got to be a handful. She is a handful, but I have to tell you, you know, they say that children, they're, when they're born, they are born with their own energy. Yes. And I see this entrepreneur in her already. I was so going to say, is there a little Rabina in her? her? <laughs> yes, yes, we, we see it. Oh, yes, we see it. I love that. So, yeah, so this morning, Mommy, you look great. Good luck, Mommy. I said, okay, oh. thank you, honey. <laughs> That's so sweet. Yes, yes. So uh, maybe she'll grow into taking over the business. You know, if that's what she wants to do, I'd be very happy to. And because yeah. that's what I want to leave is a legacy behind. Yes, yes. Uh, but if she decides to do anything else, I just want to be, I want to be there for her and encourage her. Because you know what? Again, you know, you have to come to your own, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, uh in what ways uh, do you like to help other women? I know you've mentioned mm -hmm. that. Uh, you know, share some of that 
with us, whether it's organizations or people? Well, I mean, you know, uh, I have been doing what I feel like I can do on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. I made a pact with myself a long time ago, and I said, you know what, every day, when you go when you go through your day try to touch one person mm-hmm. so you know in whatever form or shape whether I'm it's a advice, big believer of that yeah I believe help someone every day every day yeah you know in any way form yeah you it can. could be a, a very small way it could be yeah. a hug you know yeah. but it, it, some, exactly. something to exactly give back exactly yeah and one thing I, I try not to do at all and you know in business is that with my employees for example they all have all obviously aspirations and dreams too and I always like to get to know that about them mm-hmm. So one of my employees, for example, she's a fantastic writer. And I met her three years ago as my assistant. And I hired her as my assistant. And then I just encouraged her. And now she's one of my top design consultants in my showroom. But, you know, I always encourage her to write five minutes a day. You know, I, I, or I try to encourage her to do some writing for us because I say, don't give up on your dream. Because, yes, of course, as much as I love you because you're one of the top producing like people in my showroom, I want you to never let go of what makes you passionate. Right. So if it does, do it. Don't you find if people are feeding that hobby passion mm-hmm. that uh, it also makes them better at what they're doing for a living? Because so, the yeah. happier they are, yeah. the better person they bring to the table. Absolutely. Like, I know I have friends that do one thing, but they write over here on the side that makes yeah. them happy. And then the two makes both areas of their life successful. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think the the important thing also is that I say that if I have just the slightest hand in allowing somebody or just like, you know, helping them or encouraging them in their path, then you know what? That karma just comes back for my daughter. That's 360 karma, baby. 360 karma, right? And (laughs) why not? I mean, you know, I mean, it's a big pie out there and everybody can have a slice of it in any way form you like so I just really believe in that giving and sharing is like just key you know what I teach my daughter sharing is caring (laughs) oh that's so true it sounds like it sounds like a cliche but it's actually so true yeah. yeah, and you know that's what I love about uh, the women that I have on my show. The these successful women like yourself are always the ones that are giving back and paying it forward because right. they understand that is what it's about. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it makes you more fulfilled at the end of the day. You know, knowing that you are doing, um, you're doing your 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 job but you're doing your work you're doing you 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 know you're answering your calling Mm -hmm. because we're all here and as much as it's nice to think that okay you're here to just make as much money or travel the world you have to always connect back to your humanity and that's the most important thing especially in today's day and age you know absolutely and i think in the sorry and i think in the arts too one great thing that i love about the industry i'm in is that it doesn't discriminate you know in the arts we right. don't discriminate right. and that's the beauty of it that is the beauty of it that's what i love about los angeles yeah so diverse um so i know our, our listeners would love to know some of the uh, amazing celebrities that have oh. your furniture i, I <laughs> sure. read your uh bio and i understand ellen degeneres has bought your furniture yes, and she's selma fantastic. hayek yes and, yes fantastic yeah. i worked with selma hayek i worked with gwen stefani um ellen degeneres has come to our showroom a few times and she is but you know she's a patron of the arts and she has yeah. an eye for design as well so yes. we were very honored to have her in our showroom and she loves our, our pieces and then Queen Latifah has come in and she's oh, bought pieces Queen off Latifah. the floor you know and that doesn't usually happen in our showroom because everything is custom um, produced and yeah. custom ordered and then of course we've had we've had uh, you know uh, Kendall Jenner come in and buy this amazing 
yellow canary sofa off the floor. So yeah, we have our you know. It's got to be fun to have the different. You never know who's going. Yeah, you never know who's going to walk into your showroom. So who's your client? So yeah, how fun? Yeah, Yeah. definitely. It's it's very exciting. Yes, and yes. So uh, it's like I said to Dr. Sherry. It's always nice to meet someone who's so passionate about what they do and. just uh, I look forward to having people come see your beautiful furniture. Thank you know, you. there's nothing like. Uh, also, uh, I love that uh, you started with a female uh, designer, did, which was unusual in Italy. She was like one of the only. Yeah, I mean, she. Furniture. I would say, well, she. You know, uh, she's an artist in general. I yes. mean, she. This woman, what she creates, no one can touch. And yeah. this is what's like. She's an innovator, first yes. of all. But I think, yeah, I think it's her strength and her vision, and she really is one of those headstrong, very talented female designers that I don't think anybody is parallel to, like anybody wow. can come close to. Wow. Really, yeah, I mean, I would like... love to yeah, show you around when you're in the neighborhood, please come by you. I mean, you would love uh, absolutely, yeah. Anybody that uh, loves and appreciates art will love and appreciate absolutely. your and, furniture and and yeah, and I and I treat my furniture like art. There's yeah. always a story to it. I think it is. It. I think it is. It's art is for like your art. home. Absolutely. absolutely, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, so uh, yeah, but everything that we have, the, all the lines that I have curated till now, I I always I make sure that there's a story to it. So you're not just selling a table or a chair. Yeah. You know, there's something more behind it, and when you appreciate that value. There's more to it, you know, that's in your home because your home is your soul, right? So, Absolutely. I mean, you yeah. want to take care of it. And I just love your passion. And Thank I you. love that you love what you're doing. And I love that you brought this incredible product to uh, Los Angeles. Thank you. Yes, so, of course. Thank hope you. your business keeps booming and growing. Oh, and you're so wish sweet. you all the best with it. And we'll be visiting Niche Beverly. Thank you. I'm very humbled by this. Thank you. Thank Thank you you so much. It's been a pleasure. All right. Well, have a beautiful day. And you guys at home, thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week. Hugs and happiness. Mm